Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Rubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Again, the main problem with these with these whistleblowers is that all they got is whistles to blow, mm-hmm. but I don't see anything for show. I haven't heard right, them I'm whistle yet. Tweet. I'm hearing a tweet, 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 tweet. I'm hearing a... He's doing the Jethro Tull fucking dance in front of C-SPAN. He's doing all this fucking garbage. Where's the pictures? Where's all, the bodies? All whistle, yeah. no thistle. This is what I've been saying, but I also understand this allows the gates to open for David Grush to go and have now the new closed meeting where they're going to go and he's going to tell them who was the guy that told him that he knew that he saw and then somebody else is going to show the pictures of what the guy was standing next to Uh that was the fucking the red cube the size of a football field still haven't seen shit I mean as far as I'm concerned it's more of a burnt orange your UFO vein is popping I'm just I think we all know the number one whistleblower of all time Axel Rose. We do. Welcome to last podcast <laughs> yeah. on the left, everyone. Ben, you know, with Henry are and you? Marcus. I don't know if you are the same after uh, the 90-minute wonderful testimonial there on C-SPAN, but we're not here to talk about UFOs. We're here to talk about something that actually exists. Mothman Redux. <laughs> I can't begin. Wow. Okay. I can't begin. Okay, fine. I'll redo it. I'll redo it. No, no, no. That's fine. That's, that's fine. It's fine. We're not here to talk about UFOs. We're here to talk about something that also exists. Well, Mothman, Mothman. And UFO tech to activity. I got into UFO this week because of John Keel. Really? I've been listening to a lot of John Keel. Wait, uh, you've calling it UFO now? I'm not. I'm you not, have only for yelled this episode. at Marcus for twelve years for calling it because UFO. he. No, shouldn't. you don't get to change. No, no, he yells at me for saying ufologist. Yes, ufologist sounds like <laughs> ooh. It sounds like a man who studies UFOs has bent over and another ufologist has combined him as it inserted his cylinder inside of oh, his cloaca. Yes. Oof, oh well, you never. But no, yeah, he does say UFO. But yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, Kissel, they are not separate. The two phenomena okay. are linked. As a matter of fact, right. one is it's more of a uh, UFO chicken 
chicken or the egg fucking scenario well, that we were did, dead in the goddamn center of. They did officially say that the egg came first. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go on to Mothman Redux Who part did? two. Somebody said it. Some breakfast idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Mothman Redux part two. So when we last left the Mothman story, the Mothman had been seen hundreds of times in and around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, over a period of about a year. But with so many sightings and so many variations in the appearance of the Mothman, there inevitably came multiple interpretations insofar as the Mothman's biology and intent. His non-human Biologics. <laughs> Intriguing. I love non-human biologics. It's my favorite new C-SPAN word. I also don't understand how they can make an entire, a, a literally groundbreaking government hearing about UFOs. They both make it, you're like, oh, this is interesting, but extremely boring. Yeah, Are you a that's... cobbler? You're going to keep on shoehorning this in? <laughs> because we are on to Mothman Redux Part 2. Not David Grush shits the bed in front of Congress. He hasn't shat the bed yet. Until he starts selling, like, juice. (laughs) Well, some people, like our big hoot expert last episode, they believe the Mothman to be nothing more than a bird that's simply too large. It's a bird! It's just simply too large! (laughs) That could be reasonable. Or, according to George Norrie, let me ask you this question. Could it possibly be a pterodactyl. <laughs> we don't know. He seriously just just asked it. Could it be a pterodactyl? Well, he's, he's just, just asking, asking questions. questions. Yes. Yeah. That's his job, Henry. It's unbelievable. Tell me if a chupacabra and a sasquatch and a yeti all sat down to lunch, would they share an entree? Well, Is it a family-style gathering? Is everyone family here? Wow. <laughs> With the chupacabras at dinner. We don't know if they're Italian or not, do we? Well, in this big bird scenario, it's a bird that's so far outside of our expectations of bird size that it freaks people out. Sure. At the end of the day, though, the big hoot guy says that it's just a big bird doing big bird things. Whatever, man. Big bird. Is it also strange that the Sesame Street big bird, hmm. like, you know, because Snuffleupagus, like, isn't real. Like, hmm. he's like, he's kind of like fucking like. Tyler Durden Flight <laughs> Club. What do you mean? Big like, Bird? Big Bird lives what? half his world on Sesame Street. He lives half his world in this imaginary realm where he talks to this elephant. Like, he's yeah. like dangerous. And you're presupposing here that Sesame Street is the real world that Big Bird lives in. That's how I view it. <laughs> well, they that's, got humans that's not a bad it. way to look at it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, is imagination it not? Land. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, imagination Land is where they go. That's, that's where well, they go to that, on the weekend. All mm-hmm. right. Well, you never know. Either way, great documentary on the man who played Big Bird. Very difficult to do. It is. Yeah, yes, I would imagine so. C is for crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Double C's. Well, other people, of course, say that the Mothman flap was a CIA black ops project testing American resilience in the face of a possible Russian psyop involving Russian-made UFOs. There's some facts okay. in there. Yeah. Then you've got the Nazi angle that Henry is so fond of. You see, this is where you've been wrong. <laughs> you've been wrong this entire time. It's a matter of fact. Time. Okay. Um, according to The Mothman Speaks by Andrew Colvin, which I dare you to read. All right. Because it is a man self-describing. Well, how do we? He's self-transcribing an interview with someone who doesn't exist. Who then the interviewer Wait. asks him questions within the book that he then does not answer. So he just <laughs> he made just, it up but didn't make up the answers. He, he made up the questions but not the answers. He made up the questions and then answered Something else. Like, he'd answer, you'd be like, so what was your first experience with the Mothman? Right. And then he goes into a really long description about how, see, men in black, they're often described as, this is an old term, he called it the Oriental 
MIBs, right? Mm -hmm. Which is okay. a term we don't use anymore. And then he said that these so-called MIBs, what they actually are, were rogue monks that were created literally in a lab, like myself. They were created yeah, in a lab. to come to America because when we were trying to, when the CIA was trying to get the Dalai Lama out of Tibet, what all oh. of his fellow monks were trying to do was send the new Dalai Lama to America to be born out of an American pussy. And what? so these MIBs were like rogue agents against the Dalai Lama and against the CIA themselves. Or were they a rogue group within the CIA? I don't know. But they showed up at Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in order to find the new Dalai Lama that right. was born in West Virginia. Yeah. Well, it sounds exactly like the plot of uh, The Golden Child. Nothing like the plot of Golden Child. I do remember the pudding, though. <laughs> Well, they make that look good. Let's jump right in. Let's get into it. Well, the CIA black ops shed, the big bird, these are the more practical explanations. Very much so. They're rooted in the conventional realities of biology and government skullduggery. All of it deeply rooted. <laughs> Utterly sensical. Yeah. Of course. There are explanations saying that Mothman, however, was indeed a conscious creature, but still something paranormal. Or, if you're being difficult... A creature of the fourteen milieu. We're being yeah. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Okay. Mothman's like, no one believes me. Yeah. If you can't handle me at my fourteen milieu, you don't deserve me at my honk honk. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's Jeff the Talking Mongoose. That's merch. <laughs> See, some think that the Mothman was and is a harbinger of doom yes. who only shows up when something terrible is about to happen. He is mm. not the cause of these events but merely a side effect. So isn't that a isn't that a good thing? He's like warning people, bridge sure. about to collapse, get off the bridge. I don't think that he should take the don't kill the messenger. But at the same time, it's no one believed the messenger. No one could understand that that's what the message was, right? Yes. Which is very difficult. The Mothman needs to be a little bit more specific. Right. Yeah, he just shows up and squeaks at people a lot. <laughs> go to your room. Go to your home. That means go to your home. Hunker down. <laughs> but that kind of speaks to the fact that maybe their intelligence outside of us that have been guiding humankind all along and the Mothman sort of fits into one of these pre-subscribed notions of a cryptid, right? Like 90 minutes of C-SPAN really changed you. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. But the idea we project it out because somehow we know time ain't real. And so everything's <laughs> happening all at once. Man, you are throwing a lot at the wall today. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. I was I was stuck in a car yesterday for five hours driving to OC and back for a oh. door I could not fit into my own fucking car. And the entire time, though, I just had Mothman going. <laughs> so I am loaded. Uh, right. Well, I mean, Ben, perhaps you'll yes. like this. Other Great. believe that the Mothman is more of an altruistic character. That he shows up as a warning. Yes. That, but the problem is that, of course, the warnings are vague and they are delivered in such a way that no action could be taken based upon those warnings. You can't say the Mothman screamed at me, something bad's going to happen, police need to do something. Nor could you say, I had a dream in which something bad happened. You go to the police say, hey, I had a dream something bad's going to happen, be on the alert. Cops aren't going to fucking no, listen you to you. Tell the cops, as we know, if you tell the cops you have a dream, they assassinate you. <laughs> but what I am saying is, if you see the Mothman, just go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, go it's, home. It, night's over. Night's yeah. over. You've seen no the No matter Mothman. what. Yeah. But no matter if the Mothman truly was trying to warn the people of Point Pleasant about some impending doom, or if you know the Mothman... You know who's a good example? Hmm? Is Roger Clinton. 
Oh, God. Roger Clinton, we all should have understood. Right? Wow. No, here, here, here. Here we go, right? Didn't you get like, it out when you were screaming in traffic in yesterday? In the middle of a sentence. Point yeah. D. Point D. Roger okay. Clinton, right? In the middle of a sentence. He arrives into this life to Unedible show us all. Unedible now. We can't edit no, this no, out. No, no, no. We can't. That shows that all politicians are indeed human. Right. And so he's trying to warn us of this fact. And we can never really know what Roger Clinton's warning about because he's always just going <laughs> playing saxophone. Right. Roger Clinton. Bill Clinton plays saxophone. Yeah. yeah but he did. Wasn't he like his, him and Sammy Hagar? He's an alcoholic. <laughs> but he like sang songs. He was like a he's, front man for a band. No, he's I think a, he, he was just a liability. Yeah, yeah, it was a liability. And then he had a lot of privilege. So then he was able to go on stage with Sammy Hagar. And then you don't kick the president's brother off stage. But yeah. nobody wanted to believe him. <laughs> he didn't say anything accurate. He said absolutely. He had no message. You got to get to the bottom of the message. He did farm aid. <laughs> he did farm aid. He played Chuck Berry. All right, let's okay. rain. Let's let's just get back to Mothman Redux. But no Part matter two, if the you. Mothman truly was trying to warn the people of Point Pleasant about some impending doom. May I continue, please? Or if the Mothman was a part of the doom itself. The fact stands that the mid-60s Mothman flap is intrinsically linked to the tragic Silver Bridge collapse of 1967. I-beam 13! <laughs> and that's why you know from then on, every single time you see the Mothman, you can bet your bottom dollar, friends, that 13 months from the moment, uh -oh. something else is going to happen. All right. Bridge <laughs> collapsing it. is horrifying. Yeah. And I've been driving all over California and there's a lot of bridges. Mm -hmm. And if they collapse, you fall about a hundred feet and you die. Mm -hmm. And I hate bridges and I'm scared of heights. And I, and I have, you want to shut your eyes when you're driving on them, but that'll probably not be good. <laughs> you really shouldn't. No, you, should you gotta not. keep your eyes open. And yeah, focus. you really should. Yeah. Yep. Now, by the time the Mothman flap came to a head with the bridge collapse, Fortean investigator John Keel had already been on the scene for months, interviewing people and studying the Mothman phenomena. Do you know that he was not there? To, Wait, what? He was not there originally to research the Mothman? This Why is true. was this he is in Point Pleasant? So he was in West Virginia. So like an ice cream competition? He was telling and writing the story. He was investigating the story about a cat with wings <laughs> that this woman said that she owned. And that when he arrived to see this cat with wings, it had been given to a teenager because it's unfortunately... Yada, yada, yada. Its wings had fallen off. They fell off. And it was just these I mounds see. of gristle that they then had. And because then the woman originally had the cat with wings gave it up because now that the cat didn't have wings, she didn't really want a regular cat. What's the point? Yeah. That's... So that's literally what he was doing. And then they're like, it's a Wathman downtown. And he's just been like, oh, thank God. Wow. What? You heard John Gill? Fantastic uh, life. Oh, my God. What a great life John Gill has. Yeah. He goes wherever he's called. As he I said, it was just amazing because one day I'm just a normal reporter and the next day I'm in the Mothman business. That's fantastic. <laughs> and what a business it is. But then the rest of his life was him just bitterly just being like, they're all making money off of me. They're all making money off of me. My Mothman's mine. The billion dollar Mothman business. <laughs> and yet at the same time pissed off at being known as the Mothman guy. Well, because then he couldn't Seems go to the... just incredibly difficult as a human being. <laughs> I mean, he finally like got lifelong his... Lifelong bachelor. He finally got his big check, right? Because Mothman Prophecies, the movie finally came out yeah. near the end of his life, 2002. And he was just like, the old dying. Like, so he was like, I was so excited to go to premiere. But the next thing I know, apparently, according to the doctor, no one knows why I went temporarily blind. <laughs> <laughs> he just had gone temporarily blind and no one could figure out why. I mean, that's almost, again, the Mothman. Yeah, that's what he, he did blame it. Yes. 
Well, interestingly, Kiel said that he was getting strange phone calls from people claiming that they were in contact with aliens who were making vague predictions of future events on a national and sometimes worldwide scale. This was in the months leading up to the bridge collapse. Okay. Hey, um, hi, uh, is, this, uh, uh, is this John Kiel? Is this John Kiel? Uh, yes, sir. You've reached the Kiel hotlines. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me tell you, I bet you're going to fucking, you're fucking going to get stuck in a trash chill, can later. Tell, yeah, tell him he's going to get stuck in a trash can. fucking piece of shit. Tell him he's a piece oh, of that trash. Is very, uh, that's very <laughs> distressing. Yeah. Very distressing indeed. Yeah. And then, you know, they all just round him up and yeah. shove him in a, right. in a fucking garbage can later. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I said that mysterious <laughs> phone call yeah. earlier. You yeah, yes, never could have foretold this. No, not at all. Uh, and then you ended up in a trash can, didn't you? <laughs> well, some of these predictions turned out to be true, and some of them didn't. For example, one prediction in which the Pope was stabbed, that never came true. So we called him up and said, Pope's going to be fucking stabbed. That never happened. He did get shot. That's but, what I was going to say. But 14 years later. That doesn't count. That, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. If it was 13 years later, we would have to make it count for numerology. I beam dirty! But Okay. But another warning did prove to be true. One caller said that Robert F. Kennedy was due for an assassination. And sure enough, RFK was killed the next year in 1968. However, that could have also been a lucky guess. Because when it came to assassination trends in the mid to late 60s, the odds at Vegas would have been pretty high for RFK. I mean, you know, his uh, brother... His head just did that. <laughs> His head, well, right, you know what I always thought? It was a suicide. Yeah, it was yeah. suicide. So, but it does feel enough. like if, if your brother, who's president, got like very publicly assassinated, it does seem to speak. Well, you'd be higher on the list. RFK definitely was higher on the list to be assassinated than like Stephen Urkel. Julia, <laughs> well, Julia Urkel, he wasn't born yet. I don't know. He wasn't born yet. But check out that speech that he gave. The, the speech he gave right before he was shot was amazing. Julia yeah. White? RFK. <laughs> Well, I'm saying more from the fact that a lot of hope and change people were getting killed in 1968. Oh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. It was just 60s was at the time of assassination, and RFK was trying yes. to change things. So, yeah, it's pretty likely you're going to get shot in the Not head. to derail too much, but there was just some new documents about Malcolm X, but the, the person that shot him, yeah. the cops were like, is he with us? Yeah. Because who knows, it was an inside job. It was very, all of it was, it's all deeply fucked up. And they were all like, had the CIA was all up inside all of these movements. Well, it was a bad mm-hmm. time. Was oh, bad yeah. Time. Let's get back to goofballness. Let's get back to goofballness. But I will say that book uh, on Charles Manson, uh, the new chaos. one that came out, Chaos, I'm reading it right now. Yeah. It's fucking great. I'm, awesome. I am more and more certain that he definitely, I mean, he got acid from MKUltra. We know that. We know that for certain. From the program. But yeah, but yeah. I, you know, but look at Ted Kaczynski. Same thing. He just had a psyche shatter, but who knows? Now we're in, you got me here. Now he's here. (laughs) Now he's here. But what's most interesting about these predictions is that at one point, someone called John Keel to tell him that the silver bridge between Canaga, Ohio and Point Pleasant, West Virginia was soon going to collapse. Oh, no. How am I going to get to Canaga, Ohio now? (laughs) Now, this could be the power of suggestion, but in November of 1967, one of Keel's Mothman witnesses, Mary Heyer, she said that she had a nightmare in which people were drowning in the Ohio River and Christmas packages were ominously floating in the waters around them. Do we have any evidence that John Keel was just down there gnawing on the bridge? <laughs> Is it possible that as like soon as he found like this rat. out, he was just like whittling on it? I will also say it's a fairly poor part of the country. 
especially at the time, you know, like, so the whole thing you can kind of see was probably in disarray. Uh, and it's very scary. Well, it's also not as poor. It wasn't as poor in 1967 as it is now. Mm. Things were much, much worse in West Virginia now than they were back then. Every time I was driving to JFK in uh, New York City, you look under the bridge. You see that and everything Never is look. rotted out. I just don't look. Any time, you can basically in this country at this time just say a bridge is going to collapse and you'll be right seven out of ten times. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> Reportedly, Mary was not the only person having these dreams. And as it happened, at 5.04 p.m. on December 16th, 1967, as dozens of cars were stuck on the Silver Bridge in rush hour holiday traffic, a low metal moan began to emanate from the structure. Uh. No, no, it's not <laughs> orgasming. That moan soon turned into what was described as a metallic scream as the entire bridge twisted counterclockwise oh. in a chain reaction of structural failures. DNA strands. No, not 44 people fucking died. Yeah, no, this but, is not but, fun, Henry. No, but it's like... It's cool. What, because the bridge. Okay. It is interesting. Within just a minute, the bridge and every person unlucky enough to be driving over it had fallen into the Ohio River. 37 cars plunged into the freezing river below, and most of these cars were occupied by holiday travelers carrying, you guessed it, <gasps> Christmas presents. Oh my God. That is really, there's something there that's very creepy. It's yeah. haunting. And then yeah. you're just fucking watching Mothman smoking a cigarette, watching the whole thing, and like, Christmas. <laughs> oh, he's like Melania. Well, from eyewitness accounts, the scene was madness yes, happening yeah. both in seeming slow motion and far too fast for anyone to do anything to help. Oh. Some of the cars that fell bobbed for just a moment as if by some miracle they might float. But like all the rest, those cars sank to the bottom of the Ohio River. 46 people died either by drowning in the cars when the windows broke and the river waters rushed in, or when the wreckage of the bridge itself crushed them underneath. Oof. I just, what, what's worse? <sighs> I don't know. I, with any with any luck, you just pass out on, on impact. Well, you just hopefully you get crushed instantly. That's my hope. Uh, well, I, I would horrible hope, death. I, I hate would, that. I would hope that upon impact, my head would get knocked on something and I'd just go unconscious. Yeah. I mean, technically, I, know, I would hope that I would have enough, for, uh, you know, just roll down the window and, and swim out. I just, just but, choke uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. That's what, again, it's always, that's a good ripcord. Well, one thing that I couldn't find, I tried looking for it. Like, I tried finding any evidence of someone escaping yeah. I couldn't find any it happened very that's what it just it exploded yeah. eventually it exploded under, one of the I-beams yeah. buckled from underneath and the whole thing fell apart in a matter of seconds yeah. but I do think that's an interesting description it's very fast but also you see it happening all in real time your brain probably slows things down you're in your car something is uh, happening that you'd never expect the bridge you're on is collapsing and so you don't you probably just don't you're like that's a fun oh man bridge moving funny and then by the time you're right. feeling it it's already happening yeah 44 of the 46 bodies were eventually recovered over the following weeks but two were never found huh. these unfortunate souls had either been crushed completely by the rubble or they had floated down the river after they died well this is again another day another reminder don't jog because somebody found those bodies. Nope, no one ever found them. Okay. No one ever found anything. It could be crocodiles. <laughs> Are there crocodiles? It, no, it's winter in Ohio. Yeah, there's no crocodiles. No crocodiles. All right. Cold-blooded animals. Large-mouth bass. There's very few. There's far lesser bear attacks than I thought there were before. So yeah. well, we talked about this in the stream. Yeah. Right from your grave. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card, medical, or personal loan debt, let National Debt Relief's award-winning team negotiate with your creditors to drastically reduce what you owe. Inflation and living expenses are skyrocketing, and Americans are relying on credit cards more than ever. With the recent decision to keep interest rates higher than they've been in years, your debt is not getting any cheaper. Start your debt-free journey with National Debt Relief today. Go to nationaldebtrelief.com right now to start your free consultation. That's nationaldebtrelief.com. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. Now, the bridge had not been inspected in 16 years prior to the collapse, which makes it easy to blame the disaster on laziness. But the official explanation was that a defect in an eyebar pin only a tenth of an inch deep caused the collapse. And that defect was so small that even a seasoned inspector would have missed it. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah, but what if you had an inspector that didn't have any salt or pepper? There you go. <laughs> He's made in a laboratory. In a lab. Yes, indeed. Really, the, the Brit- COVID-19 of comedy. That's me. <laughs> Taking the world by storm. <laughs> well, really, the bridge collapsed because its engineers didn't and frankly couldn't foresee how many cars would be using the bridge in the decades to come. And they especially couldn't <sighs> foresee just how heavy cars would be in the future. It's just bad infrastructure, man. It just fell apart. Bridge done collapsed. Well, it's not even bad infrastructure. It's, it's old just infrastructure. old infrastructure. They just didn't know. No one thought about it. Is there a correlation with McDonald's here? <laughs> Everyone's getting fatter and fatter no, and fatter. No, it's the cars that are heavy. The cars themselves. Yeah, the okay. cars themselves. Between 1928, the year of the bridge's construction, when Model Ts were still the fucking kings of the road. And, and the car will and never one, get more improved than this. No one will ever move faster <laughs> than when dancing with 
Charleston. <laughs> Between 1928 and 1967, the year of the bridge's collapse, the average weight of a car had doubled. Whoa. Think of those massive fucking cars of the yeah, 50s and 60s. I yeah. just feel like when they made the bridge... You got to have a little foresight and be like, cars might get heavier. No. No, at that point, they didn't uh, even know if cars were going to fucking Cars are bad. <laughs> cars are bad. Walking's the only way to get anywhere. No, <laughs> you don't believe in God, Christ, and South, and the president. Yeah. I mean, by 1928, you had you still had some pretty fast cars. Like, you know, you, you got- must have a horse drive you anywhere because one needs a slave to travel. <laughs> you can't have something that can automatically do it without having pain in its eyes. There you go. But they still, they couldn't account for a, you know, like a in, two and a half ton car. Right. In, you know? uh, in automobile revolution. Yeah. So the Silver Bridge, in addition to that, it had bumper to bumper traffic five days a week. Mm. So it had pressure being put on its infrastructure at every second from, you know, 9 to 5 a.m. You should see how I've warped my belt. You yep. can't imagine what a bridge would be like. Absolutely. I'm happy we didn't do this episode before I went to San Francisco because getting into San Francisco's all, it's all big bridges. old bridges. Yeah, it's all and bridges. And it is just... You're on it for like 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. In other words, it was just a matter of time. But the Silver Bridge's collapse set off a flurry of inspections around the country to make sure that something like this didn't happen again. Okay. They they all started to think like, oh, shit, we built a lot of bridges in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did happen recently with the Minnesota Bridge collapse. It was, what, five or six years ago? Well, it's basically this bridge had no redundancies. Like, for example, like the Brooklyn Bridge, if one of these beams like snaps, there are Six after that. Yeah. That make sure that. that it doesn't collapse. This one didn't have any. So. And then there's Superman. <laughs> always Superman. <laughs> it does a problem. Don't worry. Yeah. Superman, you come and fix it. <laughs> Superman always does show up right on time. Henry Cavill, why can't you save all the people from the bridge collapse? Well, you don't want to save everybody because then isn't Superman not needed anymore? Um you don't want to Superman yourself out of a job, buddy. But he's still saving. He still has to save more people <laughs> so tomorrow. Just, no, but people <laughs> also have to die. Otherwise, <laughs> super, everyone's going to be like, Superman will save us. He needs to be like, oh. That's just a Superman economy. There was a, there was a really fun comic book that did play on that idea that people just stopped taking care of themselves because they figured that Superman would save them or a superhero of some kind. I can't remember what story it was. It was a very controversial libertarian Superman. <laughs> and he just They call me bootstraps, man. <laughs> but when it comes to our story, several witnesses claim that just before the bridge twisted and fell, the Mothman could be seen near the structure. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, man. Now, as I said earlier, there's debate over Mothman's role here, whether he was a harbinger of doom or an ineffective warning system. But what never comes up, or at least from what I've read, that maybe mm-hmm. Mothman was just there. Wrong place, wrong time. Well, he's just on. Had he's like, nothing to do with it. It's like, uh, God damn it, I go on fucking vacation <laughs> to time. beautiful. Yeah. That beautiful TNT area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. <laughs> and this shit happens. Yeah. Right. He just wants hey, to go sniff hey, bombs. Hey, yeah, hey, I was trying. This is supposed to be a vacation for my problems. <laughs> well, Mothman probably loves the smell of dynamite in the morning. I mean, yeah, this I like that idea. It was, was just there. He was just there. It happens. Total well, coincidence. I also believe that, again, time's not real. 
we are all uh, pancaked between a billion various multiverses, right? We're all, and that maybe something like this is a projection of this sort of like innate knowledge that we have of some things that bad or, you know, it might happen. And then maybe add that to like some form of like natural, like salt mines. Mm-hmm. Mothman well, speaks of talking well, about the salt mines being underneath the ground and with that, like kind of like amplifies sort of psychic phenomena. Mm-hmm. I will say I am happy you didn't give the eulogy. For the 46 people that died. <laughs> because I don't know if that really provides a lot of comfort yeah. to those people yeah. who are mourning the loss of like, a loved one. So I know everybody's crying, a boo-hoo, a wow-wow. But what I do Pull know. Watch your pancakes <laughs> and then say, we're just little marshmallows in the pancake. We just see that little blue dot. Yeah. Right in the right. universe with a show right here. That's what we all. Doesn't really every- matter right now. I'm just mourning my mother. She's yeah. died. She's we, She wasn't well, found. She, she was just but a fault of Adams and yeah, nothing. That doesn't help me. <laughs> let me. Let me ask you, how does the argument that time isn't real, how does that help like arguments in, when, within your marriage? Oh, wow. I don't. He, let's just say that. Uh, no. like that. There are certain things you say. As soon as in he your starts, mind. you know for a fact they're in a fight, but as soon as Henry goes to the kitchen and starts making pancakes, yeah. that's all I know. I do something with these idle hands. <laughs> at some point, towards the fact that quite a few relatives of Mothman witnesses were killed in the bridge collapse, along with a few direct eyewitnesses, they point to that as proof that there may be something nefarious here. But remember that Point Pleasant was a relatively small town, so people are going to know people. Yes. People yeah, all- like Linda Scarberry. Yeah, who when I got a really interesting letter back about how they they were like, you know, that Linda Scarberry was super like serious about her siding of the Mothman because her drug use was so prevalent at the time, she would have never have spoken to a police officer voluntarily. <laughs> I mean, there is a truth to that. Also, it's you true. got a letter back. Were you writing to Disney Adventure or <laughs> what happened exactly? Every day I go through my piles yeah, of fan letters. Mail. Yeah. <laughs> People also attach nefarious shades to the fact that after the Silver Bridge collapse, the people of Point Pleasant didn't talk all that much about the Mothman. That, of course, was probably due to the fact that their minds were otherwise occupied yes. with heavier shit. Whatever, but you, uh, <laughs> the Mothman was just here. In fact, that's probably why Mothman sightings dropped off considerably after the Silver Bridge collapse. Or at least it's why people stopped reporting sightings. If someone's grieving the death of their wife or child, you yeah. don't really want to bring up the Mothman. And the whole town knew somebody that died. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was a, it was a massive tragedy. Yeah. And, but they also believe that he moved to Charleston, West Virginia. And this is true is that there was Mothman sightings outside of Mothman, West Virginia, uh, outside of Charleston. <laughs> Mothman sightings outside of Charleston, West Virginia. Charleston. Charleston. I uh, huh. there's also weird shit about how, like, you ever heard the story about how Mothman, like they saw Mothman and then the idea is if you get past your fear of the Mothman, he'll transform into another form, right? And like so, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. And so you see the Mothman, first you're scared, but if you can hold, get a hold of yourself, like this one guy saw him, and then he turned into a golden little boy. <laughs> oh, and he turned into a little boy that like danced in a field, and he was just like- How is that not scarier? Because I'm too, yeah, uh, truly, I was terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> like, a golden was, little boy I dancing in a field. I, can you imagine? Yeah, also, talk about wrong place, me. wrong time, yeah. as you get handcuffed by the cops. <laughs> no, like, no, I didn't know this was daylight. It was a Mothman. It was a Mothman. It wasn't a boy. That was Mothman's ultimate goal, to be the Chris Hansen of cryptids. (laughs) And some say that the Mothman disappeared after the bridge collapsed because it had already done what it needed to do. Yep. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) But if you want to get a little deeper on it, if we're talking interdimensional beings and the collective unconscious... 
It could be that the magnitude of the bridge collapse snapped people out of whatever shared experience they've been having in the year leading up to the disaster. And poof goes the Point Pleasant Mothman. Okay. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Because I I wonder. I don't know whether or not it was the, the... Because we've talked about... People are trying to put this in kind of a practical place. Yeah. What we talked about with the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Of other people, when we did the our Black Plague series, where people would talk about seeing cloaked figures. John Keel and all of his books like have, they talk about cloaked, caped, that you can also say looks bird-like. Yeah. Like this type of harbinger of doom has been around. And people want to put it into the thing and be like, oh, here's the ABC of why Mothman is here and what happened. But yeah. it just seems to kind of all be this weird amalgamation of yeah. um, men in black trained by the CIA, the fucking, you know, natural fumes from the TNT mines. You got fucking Mothman to travel an entity that's like fucking stole the visage of a big hoot. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It all comes together, doesn't it? It does. It really neatly. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, the Silver Bridge collapse was the climax to the Point Pleasant Mothman flap. Uh, but the moth. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yeah, if you hear your bridge moaning and groaning uh, like it's your wife on your wedding night, uh, get off of that I bridge. I can't take any more weight. <laughs> that would be my wife. It's just a lot of weight, honey. Uh, my oh, was I supposed to like lift myself up with my arms? Uh, I thought we were doing more seal love. It's almost Christmas. Yeah, let's go uh, pretend I'm a whale and you're the beach. However, <laughs> the Mothman was not the only mysterious figure poking around this region of West Virginia in 1966 and 1967. Hmm. The other character in this story is a supposed alien named Indrid Cold. That's my Ooh. fucking boy! Okay. I love Indrid Cold, man. Yeah. Now, Injured Cold was not the widely experienced phenomenon that the Mothman was. Cold's exposure was limited to only a few people, but it mostly focused on one man named Woodrow Derenberger, Woody, oh. to his friends. Salt of the Earth? Yeah. Salt Truck of the Earth? salesman? Mm-hmm. I love a Derenberger. I think they're fantastic. Every third one will kill you. Mm-hmm. That's very good. So you want to... Eat one if you dare. Now, you recently, in la- as of last episode, you said that the Mothman was the sonic youth of cryptids. Mm-hmm. Did you say that? Yes, he did. I, I actually, I actually got a lot like a lot a, of pushback. Our, our friend, our friend Joe Garden sent me a very vitrolic <laughs> series wow. of texts. Yes, a you lot made of Joe t- mad. He's one of the nicest guys we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where would you put injured cold? Oh, wow. Indrid Cold. If I were to put Indrid Cold anywhere. Five guys know him. So you know him. It's like a band that you know. And then you'd be like, have you heard of the, the Turbo Fuckers? Yeah, like, what? I mean, and seriously, like, I was like, hey, buddy, what's going on? He's like, I've just been listening to Krautrock all day. They do skull, like, skull, even I've heard of that genre. I never even heard. I didn't yes, hear of like, Do you know what Skull Tap is? And I was like, what's that? He's like, you know. It's when everyone tap dances on bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the most famous music from 1931 for two weeks in 1931. We picked back up in Germany, oh. 1941. I'm going to say Injured Cold is the Clara Rockmore. Theremin artist from exactly. the 1920s. Exactly. Wow. No idea. So cool that he knew that. All the girls. <laughs> I can't believe that I he knew that random name. The collective splash I've heard from every woman. Who listens to this show? They were like, ooh, obscure theremin player? Mm-hmm. I'm about to. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. I discovered uh, Clara Rockmore a really weird night when I met this woman at uh, uh, Detroit Rock City. Remember that place in Lower East Side? Yeah. We went up to her uh, apartment in Harlem. And we did a lot of cocaine and just sat there listening to theremin music. And then I just went home. Oh, what a God. great story, Marcus. <laughs> you sure you don't have a son somewhere? <laughs> no, no romantic. It was, wasn't romantic no, at no, all. No, I believe it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I believe that it wasn't. <laughs> yes. Now, the reason why Indrid Cold is sometimes folded into the Mothman story is because Indrid's first appearance came just nine days before the Mothman sighting at the TNT plant that kicked off the flap. Hmm. And it occurred just an hour northwest of Point Pleasant. So on November 2nd, 1966, Woody was driving back to his home in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, from a business trip at around 7.30 p.m. Woody was a traveling salesman and had been out in Ohio selling sewing machines. Oh, yeah, he's a normal guy. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But as he was driving down this isolated road, Woody saw strange lights ahead. Now, at first, he thought he'd run across a police roadblock, so he stopped. Later, it would come out that multiple people had seen those lights that night, and all of them had driven right on by as fast as they could because they were really fucking weird. Remember, wow. this is the lead-up to the beginning of the official first Mothman flap. So there's a right. lot of UFO activity. There's a lot of weird lights, poltergeist activity. This is kind of why, while John Keel was doing the cat with wings bit, it's also because yeah. it was kind of like what he would do, which was kind of makes him both the coolest and loneliest man that's ever lived where yeah. he just gets yeah. all he did was follow ufo lights his whole life yeah well there's nothing sad about that he'd be happy now <laughs> <laughs> but woody did stop and he soon saw that the lights were coming from some sort of aircraft it was shaped like a kerosene lamp chimney flaring at the top and narrowing down to a small neck, then enlarged to a big bulge oh, at the bottom. Baby, now we're talking. Yeah, it was very um, <laughs> Yes, indeed. You know how, like, you, you know, uh, like the candy, like Werther's Originals that are tied on either side? Yeah. Like, it looked like that. No, I was didn't. thinking, like, a hot babe. It looked like a kerosene lamp. Yeah, because he just said something totally different than Completely you different. Because he's what in you're charge. What you're describing is like a bow tie. He I wrote saw it down. You're I saw a picture. I you're saw a picture today. You're describing a bow tie. I saw a picture today. He knows what he saw. <laughs> I know what I saw. Yes, indeed. I was thinking of a voluptuous actress with a big old butt. Sure. Mm, I was trying to think of one, but none of them have butts. No, nah, butts are out right now. I guess. Well, to Woody's great surprise, a figure soon walked out of the ship. But to all appearances... This figure seemed to be a normal white guy, about six foot tall, 185 pounds, with dark, thick hair, and from what Woody said, a very good tan. Also, wouldn't you believe it, he's in need of a sewing machine. <laughs> that would be incredible. I mean, he, I feel like you're so, he's an affable guy, right? He's used to talking to strangers. Yeah. And he says this guy, so he's driving. According to, because I listened to, it's it's great. There's a yeah. piece of captured audio of Woody Derenberger on a radio show the night. It was like, I want to say the night after this thing happened. So he called his buddy. He was all fucked up saying, I saw this thing. And he yeah. goes straight to fucking, I want to say it was, might have been a television show. It was a television show. Yeah, it was, it was a film television. interview. Yeah. Yes. And he jumps right to it. I saw the, listen to the audio of it this wow. morning. And it's it's fresh. And he was saying, so a car was like right in his dick behind him. He's driving. His car was right. And he was just like, what the fuck? The car pulls around him and, and goes like speeds ahead of him. But then he sees this thing's followed by a fucking UFO. He watches it fall and you hear it. I mean, like the only way to describe it is some kind of unidentified flying object. 
that I have heard of in several Newstime magazines. And then he wants you to go past him, and then he wants you to go, and it stopped across the road from him. And he stopped his car, like, after mm-hmm. he's going, he was just like, what the fuck is this thing? And then he just watched it go, like, door appear, pop out. That's crazy. Here comes this very well-dressed individual. Yeah. Because they all said, Andrew Gold, Andrew Gold, like, looked good. Yeah, he looked real good. Yeah. All right. The only thing unsettling about him, though, that he wore a large, unmoving grin, huge grin, oh, and he kept man. his hands tucked under his armpits. This strange approximation of human body language was probably meant to be non-threatening, but as it always goes, it had the opposite effect. Yeah, right. It is a horrifying thing because what's he doing down there? Where we can't see his hands. I don't like He's just it, smiling for no reason. You know, anybody who's not Molly Shannon. Yeah, superstar. Yeah, superstar. Even more unsettling was the fact that this man did not speak to Woody verbally, but telepathically. Oh. Well, he also, he asked him. He straight up asked him. He's like, which would you prefer? Mm. Because he went to the side of his car. So he went to the non, the passenger window. And he's okay. like, roll it down. Roll down <laughs> the window. And then Do you have like, any gray poop on? <laughs> <laughs> and then the intro cold. I remember. And then intro cold looked at him. He's like, would you prefer to speak with our minds? Or with our mouths, which I always oh, a good open yeah, mind. Yeah, I want to speak with our mouths. A baby. lot of traveling salesmen, I think, are used to that. Yeah, yeah right? maybe because, because at the time, especially, I think maybe. that if you were in the LGBT community, it was a lot more done with like winks and like thumbs yeah. ups and yeah. stuff like that. Where we're like, you don't say you the words, tap, tap, you tap. just start sucking each other. Oh, you're dick. assuming because he's a traveling salesman that he has a proclivity for men. I'm just saying that more just like. No, he's you just, just like, making up a new stereotype. No, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool with it. Yeah, he's he's just, did you guys yeah. know the fucking traveling salesmen are fucking gay? They're gay. They're all gay. Every, yeah. every time they come over mass, right? They're like, I want to sell <laughs> yeah. an, an, an I'm trying to sell this like encyclopedia. And then the next thing I know, I'm like naked with this guy and we're showering and we're Maybe fucking each other. It's just you. But or? The thing was, I was just like, why would I need the encyclopedia? I have Google. Yeah. Yeah, this is like several days ago. And I was like, yeah, fucking most involved salesman. It's not gay if they're traveling. Well, Indrid asked, Woody, what do you do for a living? Okay. And after Woody said, I sell sewing machines, the man responded in kind by saying he was simply a searcher and Woody had no reason to be afraid. Nice. Now, Again, very disconcerting way to follow up. So what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you're a comedian? That's funny. Yeah, I do a I'm a searcher, of, and uh, I well, mean no harm. I'm no, I'm no threat to you. I do a show on Sirius on Mondays uh, with uh, my Well, don't Henry. worry. I won't harm you. I'm not here. I just I search. Was... I endlessly search all day long. Yeah. See my incredible tan? Yeah. Not Italian. Oh, weird. <laughs> well, obviously, Woody was frightened, but the man telepathically told him that he meant Woody no harm, again, and wished him only happiness. All right. So, I mean, so far, so good. Every single time you say it, though, it gets less... Yeah, helping. Yeah. It's not. I it's less I mean, comforting. Yeah. I don't. Well, I'm not really feeling that. No, no. Like this is cold, nice. That's what Woody Darren Burger. Been like, I'm gonna wear your skin. You know, I'm gonna do horrible things to you and mm-hmm. eat your eyeballs. <laughs> he was just like, I wish you no harm. I'm a good dude. I'm yeah. gonna rape you. Like I'm a traveling salesman. Right. So no, he doesn't. I, but he didn't say that. So I feel like overall, we're, I think honestly, it's a little. It's a little bit of alien bigotry. No, it's true. Because no. he's doing nothing wrong. Woody Derenberger. Woody, Woody Derenberger. With a D. Yes. Indrid. Indrid. See, see, see. Indrid. But he did say, Woody Derenberger was like, I felt no, like, he did put me at ease. He just was like, he obviously was like, he looks human. 
but his attitude was altogether alien. So it's just nice. He says he was just nice. Yes. I hear so many conflicting things about this guy, about Woody Derenberger. Almost as if these stories get told over and over again, and the details keep changing every time they're told by a different person. Marcus. <laughs> what? <laughs> In the world of cryptozoology. Yeah, it's like all this shit's nailed down, dog. Well, finally, the man asked, what is your name? And Woody said, I am Woody. <laughs> oh wow and the man introduced himself with a single word he said his name was cold and just like Woody he slept and breathed and bled just as humans did hey man again awesome. dude cool good All right. a lot of information That's lot where... of, yeah cool you, oh great you bleed <laughs> nice. awesome good to like know like me and eventually Woody would come to know the man as Indrid Cold okay but just as Cold began explaining the similarities between himself and Woody, it's not just that we sleep, then we breathe, and we bleed. There are many things that we share. Woody suddenly found himself parked in front of his home. He walked huh. inside with such a shocked and disturbed look on his face that his wife assumed that he had just had an accident and had killed somebody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. so there needs was... to be, you need to put a sock on the doorknob or something if you've done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Need to be... <laughs> yeah. But no matter what, though, he really was affected by this. Well, it's because he said that he pointed towards injured cold with his elbow, mm. pointed towards the city that was like, I think it was Harrison, West Virginia. And he was yeah. just like, what is that? And he's like, that's called the city. That's Harrison. He's just like, ah, where I am from, in Lanilos, we call that a gathering. Yeah. And then oh. he's just like, well, isn't it similar? <laughs> right? Isn't it similar? But you're just a searcher. That's all I do is search. Search and look and ponder. I'll look on the side of your clothes. Well, that's, no, Cold never did that. <laughs> Cold no, never no, did no, that. No, Cold was quite the gentleman. Indeed. Throughout. Now, of course, all Woody could think about the next day was injured cold, so he decided to go to the police to report what he'd seen. They questioned him for three and a half hours, and somehow Woody's story made the local radio and the local TV news. What do you mean somehow? What the fuck else is happening? Well, <laughs> this, man, this man wants to talk, and there's a camera crew ready to listen. This was a very specific time period. There's something about this time period where there were a lot of people were they were extremely interested in this story. I yeah. don't know what it... And I, I really do think it's because of Woody himself, because well, he really... He's a regular guy. He really was. He's like, just like Jay Leno. Yeah, yeah, he's just a regular guy. He just, he's, he's got right his hot there. rod magazines. He sits right there. He brings him remote. Yeah. Now, if you're a skeptic, you might say that Woody Derenberger's story of a man in a UFO airing just days before the first Mothman sighting, you might say that primed the people of this region of West Virginia for paranormal experiences. Okay. Hence the Mothman and everything that came after. Additionally, when you get into Woody Derenberger's further adventures with injured cold, it is frankly very silly. Uh, it's combined planets full of hot nude people. Great. Uh, hidden civilizations on Saturn. Great. Moving walkways everywhere. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. tell me that we, I just had a fantastic conversation with my Uber driver yesterday about space babes. And we all agree, these chicks might be hot coming oh, from space. I, I, <laughs> we don't know. Or I they might be pizzas. I want to see them. But then if I'm supposed to find pizza sexy, uh, call me but well, pervert. Also, we were also thinking if they are squid-like, we'll eat them. Oh, yeah, for a while. And then yeah. we'll fuck them. May, well, we'll see. We'll hmm. see. If they're squid-like, you think we'd eat them? Calamari. Uh, I think so. I actually do, yeah. I, I definitely think Well, you don't like calamari, right? I love calamari. I had some uh, barbecued squid the other day that was delicious. Oh, then you right, you'd be right there. It's very possible we might just eat these aliens. Hmm. It's, right. Oh, yeah, we, we got to ask these questions first. Non-human biologics. Exactly. Mm. But I was reading. Beyond visitors, meat. It's an alien. 
It is. But the uh, Woody Woodrow Derenberger wrote Visitors from Lanulos, but he also had, which is a great book that does outline all of these various adventures with Intrant Cold. But then there is some tale, some, what I have heard tale it was, was that Woody was, felt that his um, co-writer exaggerated a lot of his stories. Uh, uh, yeah. But it's interesting. It's great. It's in the terms of like the Hall of High Strangeness. It's a great book. Yeah. Injured Cold actually does not have a lot to do with Mothman at all. Most... Well, well, we're doing Mothman here. <laughs> That's what we talked about. Okay. Because yeah. we did have pages of pages about the adventures from Lanulos. I wrote, like, I seriously wrote, like, four pages of Lanulos wow. stuff and then realized about two hours ago, like, we don't need to talk about any of like, this. Like, this isn't Mothman at all. Yeah. And then, but we'll get to, my goal is to do a rogues gallery, like a suicide squad of ultra-terrestrials. Awesome. Because there's been a lot of these side characters throughout all of this that okay. we'll, we'll, we'll cover. Well, it's basically getting Injured Cold out of the way. Because Injured Cold was in the movie The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, he got me. Yeah. Indrid Cold. Yeah, he's super cool. He's a really cool part of the movie. Then yeah. Indrid Cold just sounds cool. It sounds mysterious. Yeah, it's he's awesome. got, yeah, it does. It's got its own little corner in the Mothman Museum well, in Point Pleasant. Okay. Well, I guess, I'm, you know, like we joke around a lot here. Sure. But at the time, I always wanted, I wanted to kind of like stress that Mothman. Is very frightening to everybody. Yeah. And this time period, there was a very, there was like a high suspense, like level. Like people were just probably, to speak to what you're saying, that it like primed people to see Mothman. Mm -hmm. But there really was like, there was something in the air that yeah. was very, very strange. And that there's, you know, uh, what John Keel calls these like window areas, mm -hmm. which he believes like he has a whole list of these various areas. Uh, I forget which book it these was. These aren't just him like peeping. Is it? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. no. But he has a whole thing where he's like, this is a spot in the world where something, we either crack something open while we are mining. Like, if you want to get super, like, number one, both dumb and practical, like the idea that we crack something open while we were mining and then we opened up some weird hole to another dimension and that these window areas kind of open and shut every once in a while and sometimes the, the window gapes enough to let in a big old cryptid and sometimes it just like farts of ghosts and stuff like that. Hmm. Or is Mothman a, a goddamn pterodactyl? Like, is it a <laughs> we just don't know. We just don't know. I wonder if there's any sort of correlation between the rise in UAP sightings and fracking. There must be. I, I, can, I can guarantee. <laughs> no, that's, that's what Henry's given a guarantee. Cracking something open. That's Maybe we'll open. see. Yeah. Well, we better just keep on doing it until we find out. <laughs> that's the only way. <laughs> Let's keep on doing it until we find out how horrible it is. from your grave. Saving money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big money at You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 
Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. But if you're a believer in the Fortean milieu, you could say that at the very least, Woody's initial encounter with injured cold was genuine, and therefore the beginning of the overall 1967 flap. If he did have this experience with this alien, yes, he has carte blanche to exaggerate. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes. And speaking of flaps, Point Pleasant is by no means the only place in America that has been plagued with Mothman sightings. No, man, Mothman's back, dude, in a big fucking way, and we've been covering it on side stories for fucking years now. now. Yes, indeed. Since 2017, Chicago Illinois and the surrounding areas have been host to a Mothman flap all their own. Oh, yeah. Just like the sightings in Point Pleasant, the Mothman of Chicago is described as a seven foot tall being with 10 foot wide wings and red eyes. And just like the Point Pleasant cases, this Mothman shoots straight up into the air when it feels like it. They better get this guy on the Chicago Bulls. He sounds like he'd be a great ball player. I don't know. I think that when he'd come down, he's like he'd understand that he has a high price point. Mm. I don't oh, know what yeah, we do course. with these I mean, shoes because his feet are claws. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I don't know how he gets it. Mess up the court. I guess Puma could help. <laughs> Puma. I think Puma, yeah, Puma, Puma hasn't had a big star attached to them in a long no, time. No, I mean I got the Mellows. Oh, is he is he with them? I didn't yeah. know that. I don't know who that. Carmelo Player Anthony. Is? Carmelo Anthony. Her, yeah, but I know the shoes. Unless you're talking about Lamelo, but it's a whole other. <laughs> I person. think it's Lamelo. Oh, uh, okay. Who's that? He's the one with the big baller brand. His father was the one that everyone's like, always oh, a super aggressive father is pushing his kids too hard. But it turns out all three of his kids made it to the NBA. So technically, so maybe he's a good technically dad. he was correct. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's good dad. I think well, maybe he was, he, but he took, yeah, you know, he was. You know, <laughs> we say capital G great men that we stole from Dan Carlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put that capital D dad. Yes. You know what I mean? Where you just, it's a, it's a lot of, it was a lot of pressure. Father. Yeah. It was a lot of pressure, but everything, everything yeah. seemed to work out. Yeah. More of, I would actually say he was a really good boss. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to be my dad, but I don't want my dad to be my dad. <laughs> that's so, called life. That's called having a dad. Well, during the largest flap between March and July of 2017, dozens of people saw creatures that either were definite Mothman, resembled the Mothman, or at the very least had all the features of a flying creature that was simply too large. It's Mothman. People... Again, big hoots. Everybody's been talking about this idea of like this concept of a this sort of the Garuda. What's the, the Garuda? <laughs> the Garuda is a symbolic Garuda? giant bird, the Thunderbird. The, the Garuda. Garuda is a it's a uh, it's certain Native American communities that don't even want you talking about the Thunderbird because it's well, so important to it. itself. But this is people have been seeing this type of shit for a very long time. Right. But now we have the lexicon for it. We're labeling it all Mothman. So I'd say like mm. all. Mothmen are big hoots, but not all big hoots are Mothmen. I hmm. really wish you took this approach to society as a whole. <laughs> it's amazing. You can't be so open-minded. Yeah. Hey, that's me. Well, some people say that during the Chicago flap that they saw massive bats with red eyes circling the skies, Oof. while others said the creature was La Lechuza, the terrifying barn owl with a woman's head that sits on the edge of your bed and screams at you all night and she locks you in your trunk forever if you lie. Yeah, well, triggered something. <laughs> yeah, triggered something. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yes, indeed. That was absolutely my most terrifying childhood memory. What? 
The Lechusa. What? He had the Lechusa. He had the Goblin. Yeah. He said, yeah, were you about your... He had to go kill that fucking... What was it? A, 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 a when did you see a Lechusa? I didn't see it. I was just told about it over and over again. Oh. I grew up in a community that was largely uh, like Mexican immigrants. So Lechusa was a very big thing that you would tell children. Like, if you lie, this bird with the head of a woman is going to come and she's going to sit on the edge of your bed. She's going to scream at you all night and scream at you and scream at you. And then finally, she's going to lock you in a trunk and you're going to die in there. So right. don't lie. I it's an analogy for marriage. It's really important to, to, to honor women. Wow. True. Absolutely. True. I heard about Barbie. I haven't seen it yet, but I read a plot description on Wikipedia. Oh, cool. Don't ruin it for yourself. Yeah. But what almost everyone described when coming across one of these flying creatures, whether it be Mothman, Giant Bat, or Terrifying Owl Woman, yeah. everyone felt a feeling of dread and foreboding, as if something terrible was about to happen. But what's most interesting about the Chicago Mothman is that it seems like the most involved stories occurred in and around Chicago's O'Hare Airport, which is one of the busiest in the world. Oh, yes. And there's been a couple of these. We, we dealt with this quite often during 2020. The, the idea of this jetpack man mm -hmm. that was seen outside of the LAX that we no one identified. There was also, do you remember I thought the there was thing? some reports that they speculated about some dude. Speculated, that's it. And then the same thing. Do you remember the drones? That were happening in 2021, the swarms of drones that no one under no one claimed. There was no private company. It was like these, like the, the U.S. government said it wasn't them. They went investigated and they couldn't find out where these drones were coming they from. They wouldn't lie. No, <laughs> it's, not <laughs> not the United Joe States. Biden. Oh, Joe. Joe Biden Joe. Didn't lie. <laughs> well, from the stories we're about to get into, it seems like the brass at O'Hare were well aware of the Mothman problem. Ooh. See, on November 26, 2019, a trucker said that he was having a smoke outside of a cargo bay at 6.30 p.m. just outside of O'Hare when he saw what he thought at first was a seven-foot-tall bird just beyond a perimeter fence just two street lamps away. And I thought that was the most beautiful lot lizards I've ever seen. <laughs> I gotta say, that bird should be on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Shut the fudge. Shut the front door. Well, he said that it looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. And that's the interesting thing about the Chicago Mothman is that in the old Mothman days, the wings never flapped. It just right. sort of shot straight up. There's a lot of flapping in this flap. More flapping. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's getting more comfortable. I actually kind of wonder about like, okay, I'm sober, but come with me on this. Sure. All right. Pixels. So as it's pixelated wings with cameras, right? Mm -hmm. As we go, like cameras got more pixels. You can take more detailed photos. You can zoom in more. You can do you can the information. There's more information in the photos. Sure. Right. As we have been trained, our brains mm -hmm. have been trained mm -hmm. by the Internet for a capacity for information. We have so much more information flooding in at all times now on, on very aspects of screens. Everywhere you go, there's information. And maybe it's almost in a way it's expanded the sort of rendering quality of our minds. You think that people have gotten smarter? No, I'm just more complicated. No. That's what Terrence McKenna talks about, this concept of novelty and that we're we're moving towards a more complicated future. It's not better. It's a it's busier. It's more we have more access to information that shapes our perspective. Well, why did you have to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> I guess I must be Avril Lavigne. Yes, indeed. Love with the skater boy. But I could see that as well. We get we're more used to the Mothman. We're and maybe more. the Mothman unfurls his wings now that he's more cozy with us people. Well, the more we can just understand these things, yeah. the Pixels. more that we've seen. Yeah, Pixels. yeah. I know you're talking about the information overload. Your fucking T-shirt is covered in information. UFO types he's wearing today. I have five phones. 
<laughs> Please don't. Then I actually will think you're CIA. I do five calls at once. Yeah. Wow. That's really, it's yep. really productive. Sometimes I put phones together and have them all talk to each that other. That is kind of funny when people do that as a gag. Well, the trucker said that it looked like a person with wings that were stretched out of flapping. And okay. after the creature walked away from the fence. And walked? It walked, yeah. The creature began to flap its wings before disappearing into the sky. Okay. Yeah. No penguin waddle here. No. Now, there are some discrepancies here when it comes to the Mothman. The trucker said the creature's wings were six feet across, not ten. Well, how do you really know? I he's mean, in the cab all the time. Yeah. He doesn't know how big things are. <laughs> I mean, I trust a trucker, but we're, he's not going to be knowing. Well, then again, they do know a lot about space. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, well, they know a lot about eyeballing. Yeah. He said that he knew the creature was seven feet tall because the fence that it was standing next to was eight feet tall. Okay. Uh, so he said there was about a foot there. So he could, you know, he could extrapolate. Gotcha. And instead of being gray or flesh colored, the creature was black. And he never saw the telltale red eyes of the Mothman because it never faced him. Okay. Oh. The next report, however, just a couple of weeks later, also near O'Hare, was far more Mothman-like. Hmm. At around 10 p.m., a man named Daniel said he was heading to a bar near O'Hare to have some drinks with a few friends. Nothing more fun than an airport bar. Oof. You can see the captains before they fly the next day. And you're like, I hope I'm not on your flight, Bill. Oh, yeah. As he was driving, he said that he saw a seven-foot-tall creature with wings sporting the glowing red eyes of the Mothman. Again, it was standing next to a fence. All of these stories involve a fence somehow. Because there was a fir- here. No, well, but also remember the first time that the Mothman was seen, he was caught on a fence. Maybe he likes fences. Yeah. And just Maybe like- he has pika. And he likes to eat fences. Well, yeah, he's a Mothman. Yeah, what? I, yeah, maybe. Wow. Maybe Tell he... me, uh, Mr. Mothman, <laughs> yeah. uh, can you even have a winter coat? <laughs> <laughs> but just like all the other witnesses, Daniel said he felt an evil presence. Evil. And on it went for the next two years, with yeah. more and more people reporting sightings of Mothman-like creatures near or at O'Hare. And hmm. it wasn't just around O'Hare. I mean, it's dozens of people all across the Chicago area, a lot okay. around Lake Michigan. I mean, it's dozens upon dozens of people. And it, security was paying attention. They this were. is real. And the part of the, the reason why now I know, like, it is interesting. We're part of what came out of this little hearing that was at the, when we with David Gresher, you know, yes. I've been pontificating upon. But they basically... There is so much weird activity that it is now a part of the debriefs for pilots as they go out. So they are taking it. They take it seriously enough that they are saying that they they almost run into these weird cubes with spheres inside of them or the opposite. They've been running into these weird shit so often that they have to like say, hey, just so you know, watch out for this stuff. And to really prove the point, they take off their undies for the debrief and they show the shit that they actually had (laughs) when they saw this cube and that means it's validated. I'm a searcher. (laughs) Indeed. I would take a dump. Yeah. Saw Mothman, I'd shit. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I might piss. I'd be scared. I'd probably be like, well, what do what, what do you think, Mister Mothman? Yeah, about does anyone what? ask anything? Yeah, no, no. Most people are too afraid to say anything. Well, you got to fucking wait for the fear to pass, and then it turns into a little golden boy, and yeah, then you yeah, get no. arrested, and then you got to deal with it. Go like, I was a man before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, in July of 2021, three people were getting off work from the United Airlines cargo facility and were walking towards their cars when they saw something moving about 25 yards away on the other side of a security fence. Okay. 
All three of them pointed out the figure. They all saw that something was there. But quite suddenly, a white SUV came screaming onto the scene, flashing emergency lights. And when two men jumped out and shined their flashlights on the figure, it turned around. Again, it was seven feet tall. It was a dark shade of gray, and it had two large, glowing red eyes seemingly sitting atop the creature's shoulders. Maybe it just loves aviation. Can we get it a job? <laughs> You're talking about like the guy who used to steal the buses and the train. Seriously, yeah. the train guy from New York. Yeah. Dude, there's a dock on that guy. Yeah. About 10 seconds after the first vehicle arrived, another pulled up and shined its headlights directly on the creature, giving the witnesses an even better view. Possibly startled, the creature then opened up a pair of 10-foot-long membranous bat wings and flew straight up into the air, letting out a loud screech that sounded like train brakes. Wow. Like, you know that sound like that? Like, yes, of course. Oh, I know it very well. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it. I keep on laying down in front of the tracks. I hope it runs over me. Uh, it's my favorite song. Yeah. yeah. Get, move out of the way, Kissel. We're not killing you today. Oh, God dang it. I still remember the every time. Yep, I remember that's that J, as well. That's the J train. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Wow, actually, now you, you say that. Wow. Yeah. Yep, they didn't, they didn't really grease the wheels too often. Nah, uh, every once in a while, they just they throw a homeless guy in there just to get the blood in there to keep <laughs> the whole thing going. I'd be surprised. When just as suddenly as the creature flew off, a TSA truck pulled up to the spot where the witnesses stood and told them to leave the area immediately. Someone had made a call. These people mm -hmm. did as they were told, and as they drove away, more cars, both marked and unmarked, began to gather around the spot where the O'Hare Mothman had taken off. You know, a lot of airports, too, they have teams that go out and they have to knock all the birds off the runway. Yeah. So I actually feel like it's kind of, it was almost practical. Yeah, like a bunch, a bunch of guys with brooms getting the Mothman they out, out of here. They get out of here. They <laughs> do something like that. Side stories at gmail.com. Let me know, because I know that the they do a them. thing. They do get, they do something with the birds. No, they got, they have uh, little um, poppers that make noises like guns. Go what? And, and then also and they, they gas them. They just, Is that real? They, they gas them too. They gas them too. Every yeah. once in a while they do gas them. Well, it's Canadian geese. Is that yeah. real? Oh yeah, Canadian geese are vermin. Are oh, you just horrible. saying things? No. No, remember after Sully's plane got taken down, they killed like thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> for that revenge. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they have uh, these little poppers that just go pop, and it sounds like a gun, and all the birds fly off. Really? Yeah. Huh. I learn something new every day. I guess <laughs> there's some fucking horse shit you can learn. <laughs> <laughs> but while almost every story we've told so far has the Mothman either fleeing the area immediately or, in the first episode, chasing people in cars, there was one story in March of last year that showed a more curious side oh, to the Mothman. okay, Some perhaps. kind of salesman. <laughs> Indeed. According to a witness at the scene, she and a guy were out driving around outside of O'Hare, just cruising. <laughs> What a the, fun day. cruising, getting to know each other. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. Romance. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's, it's great. It's it nice. It doesn't sound nice. It totally sounds you nice. You want to drive around outside of an airport. Well, no. You think that sounds nice. In the area outside of the airport. Yeah. I mean, I no, do, it doesn't it is, sound nice. Technically, I think Kissel is correct. That is miserable. But well, if not, you are, let's say you like planes. Joy? If the are like, oh, if, you're 14. You like planes. <laughs> let's go on a date. Let's get out there. If the conversation is nice and the music is good, you can drive anywhere. Anywhere, dog. Anywhere. And, you know, especially if you're a new girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. She loves birds. Romance in the air. Especially at one point when you say, hey, why don't we park? Light up a joint. Because hey. we have a house. Because we have houses. <laughs> no, no, be, no. Listen, no, we can go to the airport and I can pay $20 a full night. 
for us to park. Yeah. All right. At one point, they parked, lit a joint, and they got a little friendly, if you know what I mean. Honk, honk, uh, <laughs> squeeze, squeeze, uh, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I know. One thing led to another, and the couple were soon in the back seat of the car. Checking out the seatbelts. <laughs> yes, indeed. Making sure they don't work. <laughs> but even amidst the passion, the woman noticed that something had bumped in the side of the car. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, how what could ever interrupt this romantic Chicago evening? Yeah, something bump, something big. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God! Is that <laughs> D Giardino? Wow. It's like a big fat Chicago guy out there. Yeah, there you, you go. know if you guys want some deep dish. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's. Bump. It sounds like the chick's getting the deep dish right now. It's at that point that the guy she was with he started screaming. What the fuck? Over and over and over again. I told again. you I was 14 earlier. Oh, my God. All right. Enough. <laughs> the woman sat up and saw a pair of bright, glowing red eyes and oh. a big black body bending over and peering through the driver's side window into the back seat. Oh, my God. That bird should play for the Chicago boss. <laughs> really creative, creative stuff there. That's great. So he was watching people make love. He was watching Perhaps people. Perhaps learning. Perhaps. Both of them started screaming. But the creature just kept on looking. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. But finally, it did disappear straight up into the sky. This is boring. I've had enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are bad at fucking. This is weird. Interestingly, okay. the couple's car was surrounded by security guards just after the creature took off. The security they was... Were, they were they were dicking in the fucking secret feet. In the, in the, there's security. There's security <laughs> around airports. <laughs> So that would maybe that would make sense, but it's a coincidence. Hey, is it a fucking? They're not Al Qaeda. But is it a coincidence? Yeah, but you don't a, know what's next. But is it a coincidence that they showed up just as the creature took off? Is it a coincidence? No, it's not. It's, no, it is. It is. Yes, it is. What's the answer? Yeah, it is. It's, what a coincidence. Well, after questioning the couple, who were still in various stages of undress, <laughs> the security guards told them to put on their clothes and get the hell out of there. Okay. Now, from the woman's recollection, the creature was tall and thinly built, yet it still reminded her of an owl, hmm. a tall, thin owl. Okay. More importantly, though, she said it seemed as if its eyes were set into the creature's shoulders, making it, like so many other mothmen, hmm. essentially headless. People don't like things with no heads. They hate well, it. Also, it would be leaning down to take a look at the window, right? Man, yeah. so it was perhaps, leaning. Yes. Yeah, so I was listening to Art Bell talk to John Keel, and he's just so much funnier than being like, listening to Art Bell after listening to George Norrie is just so fucking sad, yeah. you know, because Art Bell. But that was his whole thing where he's been like, red eyes. Can't stand them. <laughs> Stop telling me about these red eyes. I hate them. Scares the hell out of me. <laughs> now, of course, no disasters have befallen O'Hare in the years since the Chicago Mothman began showing up. And he's haunted one of the world's largest airports for years longer than he was ever in Point Pleasant. Henry and I got stuck there for a whole day. And then the next day when I went to go take a dump, it was a disaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy hell. It's because those nachos you oh, bought with pulled pork nachos. Man, I can't tell you what the death it smelled like. And then a Tony Award winning actor came in the bathroom right after me and was really upset. <laughs> I still hold that as like a point of pride that like I kept telling you guys like you better leave early or you're going to miss your flight. We, that was a security <laughs> thing. That was a security yeah, thing. Yeah, because that's the, why you leave early is because in case never, it's a security thing. I, I never miss a flight. I never miss flights. I'm like that. I'm dumb. I flight show up two and a half hours early. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it would be incredible if there was a place that did that. Oh, that would be amazing, right? So, no disasters at O'Hare. Mm -hmm. Nothing bad happening. No plane crashes. Nothing no. that you're going to say. Nothing nothing of note. Again, the Chicago Bulls have seriously fallen. 
They're not as good yeah, as they used to be. They are true, not. but that has really nothing to do with it. So it very well could be argued that while the Mothman failed to save those at the Silver Bridge oh so many years ago, he may indeed be a sort of guardian for the thousands that fly in and out of Chicago every day. Well, if that doesn't make you feel comfortable, then I don't know what else will. I do think that it's, I, who knows? Who knows? It's I think the Mothman nice. is still out there. We're seeing him all the time. And I, I wonder if it's just way more. He's kind of slid into more of straight up cryptid territory versus the John Keel Mothman that is kind of wrapped in this whole UFO Men in Black aspect because we haven't heard well, from Men in Black in quite a bit. We really haven't. But no. I do. I do. I put the Mothman definitely in more of the John Keel world. Yes. I do not put Mothman in cryptid territory at all. I, all I, right. I, at this point, I don't either. I do believe he is more psychic. Then yeah. he is anything. So he's not a cryptid. No, I do not believe, I do not put Mothman in the cryptid territory because wow. if you do put it in the cryptid territory, we're talking more a biological entity. Yes. And I do not know if the Mothman is a biological but entity. But we did start this, we started this series last week where you ranked the five cryptids. Yeah. And you made Mothman a cryptid. The, sh so the series like to, is now over. But so, so, now, so now you changed. You're free to ruminate yeah, upon the subject. Because you because, remember we're because, like Chupacabra, Bigfoot, Mothman, but yeah. you did say it was a cryptid, but, but now we, you're saying it's not. He said the thing right at the top, if it was a cryptid, but now you look on it, and now we can actually talk about it, mm -hmm. how we feel about it. Wow, it's just so strange. Are you on a beach? Because uh, it seems as if you have a flip-flop. Sure. It's wow. a cryptid. Who gives a shit? It's a Marcus Parks, Parks flip-flop. Because no, I, I, I just, I love this right. story. I can't wait to do more. We got Flatwoods Monster. We're going to do again all separate, even though it's probably a Mothman. I would say go and look at the Mothman what? Speaks by Andrew Colvin. If you want to know, just, I just want to say you buy it. So just you, you can see what I put our researcher Joel through. Yeah. Yeah. When he had to read this thing and, and comb through this thing and, and understand like how World War Three. Nazi Germany, Russia, fucking um Farber, big Farber, was it that, that the the G I G Farber, I G Farber, the how major. that's so connected we're at World to World War Three is going to start happening. Oh, buddy. All right. <laughs> and what about this guy who built a shrine? Because he built a shrine to the Mothman and then saw it, and the Mothman showed him that 9-11 was going to happen, and then Mothman was at 9-11. I've got right. the documents. I, I can well, show you the picture. The Mothman's that, yeah. at 9-11. Again, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Not right. stopping anything. Not stopping, but not necessarily supporting. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to go ahead and say Indra Cold, after thinking about it more, more the Brian Eno of cryptids. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I actually the know Brian who that Eno is. of aliens, yeah. Oh, I know yeah. who that is. But Brian Eno during his ambient phase. Don't know about that phase. Yeah. Airport music? Music for airports, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> that what I know. I know, that. I know that album. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you're smarter, dumber. And then you come out basically the same. Yeah. We got some fun shit next week. We also have a another series set up a little bit more true crime. We're gonna need some blood in there. Oh. Um, and uh, check us out. Check our stream out on uh, the LPN TV, The Grind. Yeah, check it out Twitch.tv slash Last Podcast Network. Ten to ten, BSD. It's gonna be a fucking blast. That's gonna be it's a gonna lot be a of shit fun. Show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very, very excited. And uh, check us out at the Palace, LA, November 4th. We're going to be doing our last ever uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again show. For this We're going to do last show of this tour. Also, yes. check out Murder Fist 20th year, 20 year anniversary, September 23rd to the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. Still younger fucking, than ever, baby. We only get younger. I can tell <laughs> by how I hurt myself sleeping. Oh. And then, uh, then 1020 San Diego. 1020. Uh, at, the, at the Balboa. Come check out the LPN show. I have every fucking podcast you can possibly imagine from 
our network is going to be, be there great. yelling at you. Thanks to everyone who came out to hail yourself in Las Vegas. We sold out wise guys. Nah, and nice. that was very sweet. Everyone was super nice. And thank you for singing happy birthday. And thank you so much for everything. Also, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Rob. Happy birthday, okay, Rob. Rob. We did it. We did it good. Yes, and- indeed. And I'll be in Ontario, California this Sunday as well. If you want to come on out again, if you're listening to this at any other time other than the year 2023, I will not be there. <laughs> so do not uh, show up in these random places years from now. Okay, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Look at this legend. Hail me. You know, I feel like I never know the year unless it's an even year. You know, if yeah. it's like 2023, yeah, it's I, always like a year have, is not real. I always have to check to I make agree. sure that it's 2023. But once it becomes 2024, I'm going to be good all year long. No, I know. Yeah, I, was I, looking want... at my, I was looking at the validation for my license place. And it says 2022. And I was like, perfect. Up to date. And then I realized <laughs> I was like, no, I'm a year late. I'm, I'm with you. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Rubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries, for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.